And on that tantrum, let's begin. I mean, I, I do love the fact that we start this podcast with the sentence, and on that tantrum, without giving any context whatsoever. And that is the way it shall stay. Yes, that's our story, and we're sticking to it. Um, but yeah, so I guess this week we watched season one, episode five, The Cloud. Yeah. I was like, when I saw that title, I was like, this doesn't bring back any memories. I guess maybe because of it. Um, I just yeah, thought it was just, product placement. I remember the story. I did not remember that title at all. Yeah, I didn't really think the title matched the story very much. Cause, oh, yes. Um, in, at first, it was always Nebula. Then they discovered what it actually was, which I won't say yet. Um, <laughs> but neither of them were clouds. So it was a bit oh, confusing. You guys have just absolutely ruined um, my sort of one sentence sum up of the episode because you've opened up a new and completely different potential line of how to summarize this in gratuitous and to- totally disrespectful fashion. And you've ruined this for me. I'm sorry. Well, Jamie, do you want to give us, I think you already had two summaries before you said before the call. Do you want to give us those two now? You can always yeah. brainstorm away. Give us the final one at the end. Okay. okay. So um, I think I had about three. So the first one was Janeway endangers crew and puts health of endangered undiscovered species at risk due to coffee deprivation. <laughs> Uh, the second one was Janeway Hustle's Kim Gets Corrupted by Aging French Lady of Negotiable Affection, <laughs> and Neelix single-handedly makes the case for caffeine dependency. Uh, but now, given the fact it's the cloud, I'm just like, what the hell? Starfleet sells out and <laughs> buys sponsorship rights for cloud-based marketing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say your summaries are brilliant. You cover a lot of the, or you capture a lot, a lot of the. Ground. It's a lot of ground to cover across, you know, 45 minutes. And I've got to capture it equally and equally disrespectfully. But yeah, I just want to say, I think Neelix says what I said in the last episode, which is like, Janeway will sacrifice the many to save the few. I think what, you guys, mm-hmm. I think what he actually says is, Janeway just wants to go and look under every single rock and just put this ship in danger at every opportunity. Um, yeah, I just before we begin, actually, sorry, I should have said this before, but my friend bought me these three Star Trek books from a secondhand <gasps> shop in oh, Edinburgh. Awesome. One is a um, Deep Space Nine one. <gasps> oh, no. Um, and guys, do you know how tricorder is spelled or pronounced? Because I have been wrong my whole life. T R I C O R D E R. I have wondered because I, I they seem to pronounce it differently every time. But yeah, I think I'd, I I think if I was gonna bet, I, I guess I'd, I'd have to go with Jamie's as well. But I really yeah. have no idea. What that is, is it? Not, thank you. That's thank not you. where I was leaning. I was leaning to tricorder, not like recorder, as in tricorder. Yeah. But that's what yeah. it is. Well, it's a, so it's a quarter, as in like quarter of an hour. No, no, no that's, no, that's what Red thought it was. Red uh, thought okay. it was a quarter, but I thought it, it was a quarter as in, quarter. we're going to record like, this recorder. on three different bandwidths. That makes sense, but they pronounce that D like a T. <laughs> yeah, it's and, definitely And that C like a Q. Changes. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, but yeah, let's let's start. So um, I think we open with the captain giving a personal log and it's like several weeks into the journey. So I guess time has passed <laughs> since the last episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I have a question already. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what do you make of the bit where she says, because I, I, I just want to see if this is what I think it is as well, if you guys got the same impression, when she says, and so I have to be larger than life. And then she says, 
delete that last entry. Yes. No, no, no. Well, yes, no, she doesn't, doesn't say. She yeah. says delete the last sentence, and I think the actual sentence she's getting deleted is, "I don't know if I can." Not, I have to be larger than ah, life. Okay. So it's the moment of self doubt. She's like, "I don't doubt," and I'm a bit like, "Oh, that's a bit of toxic masculinity going in there," you know, the whole not acknowledging sense. your okay. doubt. Yeah. Because um, I, I, I thought I was missing something there. I was like, "Why is she deleting? Is it because?" Mm. She's embarrassed that she thinks she has to be large in life, but that didn't really make sense. So, thank you for clarifying, Jamie. That makes a lot yeah. more sense. Um, but then I, I do think it's a, just the beginning of, of the episode is every reason why we hate, or grudgingly in my case, the starting to love Neelix. Um, because he starts off his interaction with the captain with some completely inappropriate. Um, frankly, can we, can we just backtrack object- a bit? Oh, sorry, 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 sorry skip over an important moment so she's having that kind of like personal conversation where she's like feeling i guess mm. that she can't be her usual captain self because they're not in their usual situation mm. so it's like she needs to they're more than a crew she needs to be more than a captain but she doesn't really she needs know to how connect. but then mm. also i guess other people are grappling because the next thing we see is like she goes to speak to tom and harry in the <laughs> mess hall or something and there's that kind of awkward banter and when she walks away harry feels like they should have asked her to sit down and tom is mm. like that's ridiculous she doesn't want Friends, she wants respect, so he's sticking to like this kind of sta- standard operating procedure. Mm, yeah. Um, and then, uh, but Harry's like, I like his line. He's like, I think you're working from an old rule book. Old rule book, Paris. Um, <laughs> so yeah, and then I think for me, this was kind of like the theme of the the episode is like how to act now. But there's like lots of little points where that comes mm. up, and I think the next one is with Neelix, as you say, Jamie. Mm. So she enters the kitchen trying to look for coffee and mm. he, he uh, gives her like a, a talking to. <laughs> well, I, I mean, it's, it starts off with like some casuals, um, I don't know, physical right. objectification of, you know, <laughs> Captain, you look beautiful today. It's your <laughs> lipstick. And may, I mean, maybe that's him trying to put her off the scent of the fact that there's no longer any coffee, which frankly, if I was in his shoes, I would try and do, but also sounds like more subtlety than I give him credit for on this podcast. I um, mean, I have to agree, but uh, I'm thoroughly channeling the Janeway vibe in this scene, though, because I, I think if someone started trying to compliment me first thing in the morning before I had my coffee, that would do the opposite of help the situation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get more and more frustrated at the lack of coffee. Yeah. I'm not sure these excuses the yeah. appropriate uh, so, I mean, tactic, she, right? ha- she hasn't had her coffee. He denies it to her. He tries to mansplain to her, oh, you'll love this substitute, which is blatantly brewed from some weird talaxian tree root that is clearly going to give her intense gastro- gastrointestinal distress. Oh, my gosh. Um, and then um, when she tries to do what any reasonable human would do of uh, pulling rank and uh, allowing themselves a privilege that the rest of their crew can't have so that she can have her coffee, he uh, tries and says, you have to set an example, Captain. How do you expect everyone to get oh, uh, used to live-grown <laughs> food if you don't? And, I mean, he's the worst because he's right. And yes. the fact he's right actually makes him even more the worst because he's just been a total tool up to that point <laughs> especially after in the last episode was it where he was some massive liabilities <laughs> i mean i think he's oh. a bit of a liability this one um jamie you are quite soft i don't know if you're oh. soft with jamie is there anything you can i mean it's probably fine for the recording i'm just struggling to I mean... yeah. turn up the volume 
Oh, that's back, you're very loud. So. Oh, I'm turning down the volume on my headphones. Is this this helped? Am I loud enough? Yeah, I'm sure it's fine. I just want to let you know. Just Mm. maybe Jamie. Maybe it's not the case with Jamie. So maybe it's just my side. Um, Am I audible or too loud still? No, no, you're 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 perfect. You're very clear. (laughs) But yes, I mean. I think uh, I kind of was, you know, I love Jamie. Let's not get me wrong, but I'm not a hierarchical person. So when she just assumes that she can use, as you describe, her higher status to, that gives her the right to like replicate some coffee. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Like, I'm, like, <laughs> I, I'm in a agreement with uh, Neelix here, I have to say. Um, but then she's that scene also does very finish with a very funny line where she's like uh, okay fine give me your even better than coffee substitute or whatever <laughs> and she takes it and he pours that gloopy coffee off the mug oh, <laughs> looks pretty bad it's, it does doesn't it um, but likely she's summoned to the bridge or yes there's runs a the yeah um, um, and the, there's a fantastic line there which you know summarizes the reason for all command decisions in this entire episode Oh, yes, I think we nearly there because they found, Chakotay says they found a nebula. Mm, with uh, Omicron particles in yes, it. High concentration. flashbacks and PTSD when they said Omicron. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I can understand why, though. Omicron um, was the, the uh, variant that prevented yeah. the Greater South Africa. So, I. Gosh, um, yeah. yeah. Do you know, because when that Omicron variant first came out, I was thinking it was some kind of reference to some kind of Transformers movie. Or yeah, we, we yes. said it sounded like a it hostile Decepticon. And then your sister started calling it, what, shouldn't we, you know, personified a bit? Cuddly Omicron. Oh, yeah, she thought it was it sounded cuddly. <laughs> I thought it sounded, um, I think I'm with you, Jenny, like the trans. I was like, why are they like making it sound, I mean, it's like a terrifying weird. transformer. Yes, exactly. Why does it sound like a terrifying transformer? <laughs> no, this this thing is a Decepticon that transforms into a Putinist Russian stealth bomber. <laughs> it's probably yeah. like a Greek alphabet letter or something, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. Just randomly guessing. Yeah. But, mm. And in this case, the Omicron particles can help with their depleted energy reserves. Yes. That's my main takeaway. Yeah. And so what does Janeway say? Janeway takes the decision to go in and mine it with the immortal line, there's coffee in that nebula. (laughs) I uh, I made a note of, are we taking command decisions because Captain Poos hasn't had her morning coffee there? And then I decided that that was disrespectful, so I tried to delete it, but it wouldn't go. So it's not my fault I said it here. You don't know how to delete a note from your... Not when it's that good a comment. <laughs> Just not capable. Oh dear. I think I wanted to take you aside and explain to you my feelings around uh, jokes to do with human <laughs> stuff. Really? Um, jokes to do with humaning. Humaning. Um, okay. But then we have, the, yeah, we have the theme tune and then they, we're back on the bridge yeah. with Janine and Chakoti having a little private conversation on the bridge. Yeah. She's yeah. worried about the crew. It's, it's sort of weird because she sort of comes to it optimistically and there's this counterpoint of that should raise some spirits and um Chikoshi's like there's no way to go but up like oh my goodness are things even worse than they seem at the start um i think I the segue my... here is a bit weird as well because then they sort of they veer off into a conversation about his spirit animal and yeah that's, and he's that's gonna how help you... her find her spirit animal um, yeah. I kind of lose the track of the story a little bit here. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, we're back to the nebula, and it's all um, mm. there's a lot of story going on. 
Yeah, I, I know it's it's kind of cool though because uh, she's sort of complimenting she, she compliments Chakotay on, um, well she says we need a counselor and we didn't think that we'd have one for the sort of mission so we didn't bring one. He says, uh, oh I talk to animals and we talk to animals instead. That's how we deal with it and it transpires that this is a Native American um, practice that Chakotay uh, indulges in, um, which he calls the equivalent of Carl Jung's active imagination technique to uh, basically substitute for that with a spirit guide. And then I, I think uh, Janeway immediately says, yours is a bear. <laughs> and he says, yeah. I can't tell you my animal guide name or what it is because it would get offended. And um, then they decide to basically have a date in, or not a date, but. Uh, oh, we do find out that his animal guide is a woman and that she guides him very well. We do, yes. Or female, that's what he Yeah. I love the, yeah, I love the line there because it's so like, uh, I don't know, it's it's almost like there's a uh, starting to be sexual tension between them where um, he's sort of talking very closely, you know, leaning in towards her, talking about how his spiritual guide is is a woman, you know, who's female (laughs) and and she's obviously the captain of the starship leading them and she's female too them and, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. and then she's Jenny. complimenting him how he's he's a bear to her and it all it's all getting a bit oh what's going on here <laughs> i'm so glad you said that because when he offers her to when he offers to help her uh determine or find her yeah. animal guide she says you've it's, got a date yeah Not like you've got a <laughs> well, deal or you've got whatever you've got a date and have you heard of the concept jc shippers no. Anyway, Chakotay shippers. I think that's what it stands for. Those are all the people that either really wanted them to get together or believe that they actually were together. Like, um, yeah, there's all these people that obviously oh. were rooting for the Janeway Chakotay relationship. There was definitely a sort of storyline there in the the first few seasons before, you know, certain other characters came along um, where you thought they might get together, didn't you? But I think, I don't know, there was, I mean, it's way in the future, but then there's a, this whole episode where, it sort of starts to become a, a sort of a, it's almost like they're suggesting that no that can't ever happen because of their positions and because they're such good friends and you know it sort of gets I mean, to me, one of those things are telling me exactly why it could happen <laughs> you know, also, it would be like mummy and daddy fighting sort of thing omicron is in fact the fifteenth letter of the Greek al- alphabet. So there we are. Oh, thanks, I, I looked it up because I was like, I have to know now. <laughs> now I've thought about okay. it. I did actually look up uh, the Carl Jung active imagination thing, but then didn't read the article, so I cannot contribute. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm intrigued by that as well. I um, I don't know what that is. Jamie, mm. it did sound idea? like Carl of- Jung's active imagination technique. Um, I gather that it was a technique pioneered by the Austrian School no, of Psychology, <laughs> um, which effectively used the active imagination of a counsellor or of some sort in order to aid in the psychological calming of the patient. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really tell you what it was. Yeah, I just made all that up. Is it a guided meditation where you imagine someone... Uh, anyway, another I'm not sure that Jung was really into guided meditation anyway it was all a bit eatable back then imagination um okay so back back, sorry jenny back to the uh, voyager so um Hmm. they're approaching the nebula and everything kind of seems fine and they set the course for the concentration of omicron particles yeah but there's a wonderful moment isn't there because harry kim 
yes, I'm getting gives that. voice to a comment, <laughs> and there's some very unstarfleet-like discipline going. Harry Kim says something along the lines, "Wow, that's I've not seen anything." And Tuvok goes, "That is a comment I would prefer not to hear said publicly. It will distract and disturb the junior staff." Yes, not not said by a senior staff member. Yeah. yeah, I thought this might be a bit that you loved, Red, because the sort of back and forth Tuvok, your favourite character. Yeah. He is my favorite, but I did like that kind of um, the effect of this, like private through the mm, through the comlink comlink conversation. I was like, ah, oh, I've never thought it. Like that's probably happening all the time. I mean, that was like yeah. an interesting. Probably scene. so much cider on the bridge; it's ridiculous. Uh, and then I think again, I made a note here because I was like, I think this is like everyone trying to figure out what is the right way to behave now in this like new normal. Mm. Because Janeway's trying to figure it out. Neelix knows how she's supposed to behave, but she's got to figure it out. <laughs> Tuvok is like, oh, you should behave like that. And Harry's just like, uh, I mean, I would say, what's wrong with expressing wonder? You know, I like something mm. you've never seen before. And it's like, no, you should be disciplined and not show anything. <laughs> um, and, you know, Harry wanted to include um, Janeway, in a, you know, in their kind of social gathering. So everyone's like mm. trying to figure this out and doesn't quite mm. know how to act and, they can't act like a. I mean, I think if they, what I realize is like I would hate it on a standard starship because I hate hierarchy. <laughs> but I like Voyager because they become more like, you know, a family or like friends. But Jamie, we can hear you typing. Sorry. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm just saying something that's incredibly wanky about how they should deal with the situation. I'd like someone else to read out. Um. But yeah. So I just thought that was like another interesting moment, and then I kind of. It's funny later on when Harry gets to slap back or whatever the term is, clap back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Never that seen anything work. like it. I wouldn't tell the staff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then basically they hit like an energy barrier of some of some kind, which I I just described as pun- they punch through. So they yeah. get this whole force themselves through, mm. and once they are through on the other side, that like that hole that they created closes behind them, which I guess they were not expecting. Hmm. Um, then, then they segue on to Neelix, don't they? Yes. Neelix and Kez, because Neelix realises they're in the middle of a nebula and uh, is <laughs> basically says... My favourite line here is... smart enough to go around nebulas. They're natural-born idiots. Yeah, when Kez is like, they're natural-born explorers. And the way he delivers that line, <laughs> these people are natural-born idiots. It's just <laughs> very, very yeah. funny. Yeah, and he does, and and I put here in my notes, to be honest, he does have a point about them trying to engage the spectre of death at every opportunity, and then, um, I I mean, I I can tell you what I've written down in my notes about um, what happens next, but it's it's a bit crude. Um, Maybe I just say they kiss because it's so romantic in the nebula. (laughs) They kiss, and then everything goes to shit. (laughs) (laughs) The entire starship starts sort of uh, losing energy and systems. They try and exit, and they're sealed inside. They try and mm. blast their way out with phasers, and no, not not a thing. Is this uh, the point as then... well where they have they have the little something somethings that are attaching themselves to the outside yeah, of the ship? Yeah, like don't know antibodies. Mm. Um, yes, I think also importantly, I feel like I don't know if this is. I'm misremembering, but we learn at this point that they have 38 photon torpedoes, which I think is like their most powerful weapon. Mm. They can't, they can't like replicate them. 
So I, th- I mm. have a feeling like as you watch through the series, you see that number go down and down. And then, you know, you realize, oh, they're running out of these photon torpedoes. Yeah. Mm. Um, but I might be misremembering that. But at all, as all this is happening, they're just losing more and more of the power reserves. So I mm. didn't enjoy Janeway's line again, which is like, this is not what I had in mind. <laughs> We've all been there where we try to fix a problem and it gets worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally there. Uh, and yeah, I mean, Jamie, I think you summarized that well because I wasn't quite sure what was going on. I mean, they're trying to get out. They're trying to reverse. Eventually, mm. they have to, like, I guess, fire their way out. I and mean, just does sort of like, yeah, getting sort of blocked in on a Saturday night at the pub in the dark, um, <laughs> desperately trying to turn your car around and just being unable to. And people getting in the way and stuff as you get out and all of that. And then someone says, it's as thick as a Torian ice storm out there. Oh, yes, that was Paris. I like that. I always like those lines when they just make it slightly alien. And you're like, you know, as yeah. in like from another planet, that's not Earth. You're like, oh, yes, they're in yeah. space. <laughs> I, I, I think of them as get your own tauntaun lines. But anyway. What does that mean? Uh, so it, it's, it's a reference to Star Wars and... Wow. Um, also Robot Chicken, in which um, they sort of parody the famous scene in which Han Solo saves Luke Skywalker by, you know, cutting open a tauntaun and putting him inside it to, you know, keep him warm, uh, in which uh, it's still oh, a cartoon yeah. and uh, he cuts open the tauntaun and then there's someone already in there who goes, get your own damn tauntaun! Um, and I just sort of think about it as uh, a reference to a piece of indigenous life that is not native to our world but it's used to give referential context um, as a metaphor in a fantasy universe interesting to so get your own tauntaun moment okay i see um but yes yeah, so another ship is like i guess covered in those modules <laughs> hmm. i think but we go to this was a bit of a random scene for me we're in like harry kim's quarters and he's sleeping he's very like no, no, no. We've we've missed the most important bit though. Because literally just just as they get out, the captain murmurs to herself as an aside, I'm gonna have to give up coffee, aren't I? Oh yes. <laughs> and then we segue to a sleeping Harry Kim, who has yeah. the most incredibly perfect skin imaginable. I mean, I, I genuinely was like, is this a supermodel lying here as they sort of segue <laughs> onto his face with a blindfold? I did tell you he was nominated most beautiful person people magazine one year. So yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. that music was very sinister. And then it was just Tom that was there to wake up. It was, it was, it was a bit that's, odd, that's... wasn't it? I agree. I thought that maybe it was gonna be one of these episodes where some alien had presence yeah. taken over Tom and Tom was gonna try and abduct Although, Harry or something. Yeah. <laughs> sinister. <laughs> but actually I, I think given what happens, it is a little bit sinister because if you allow me to say what happens next, or Red yeah, so he takes him to Sandrine's. Go take. Yeah, so he's woken from this sleep, innocently sleeping under you know his uh, eye mask of purity and chastity, and he's woken to be taken to Tom Paris's hologrammatic French house of low <laughs> repute slash brothel Jay slash Sandrine's. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think it's um, just which, a French bar, but yeah, it's definitely yeah. got a sort of House of Ill Repute vibe about it. I mean, you say it's a French bar, but he's programmed at least two hologrammatic women to basically be just all, effectively all trying to... Um, <laughs> and one man. What, what, and one man to be doing what um, 
uh, Letterkenny problems would describe as wheeling him. Um, one of whom is a slightly older, more experienced uh, lady, who is Sandrine, and then a sort of femme fatale French resistance in a trench coat sort of figure who they appear to be having an ongoing fight over her, Tom Paris. Um, and he includes Ricky in all his hollow programs, uh, followed by the line from Ricky, your friend the gigolo won't leave me alone. Yep. Uh, my, the most exciting moment for me was <coughs> when um, Sandrine asked Harry if he wants a drink and he asked for tea. And Paris is like very upset about this. And then we find out about holographic wine. Does mm. holographic wine not yep. give you a hangover? No, it doesn't mm. give you that was amazing. Oh. Yeah. And we also find out that in Star Trek Universe in Marseille, France, the pickpockets pick your pocket for the touristic experience and normally give the money back. <laughs> I missed that bit. <laughs> oh, yes. And also, I mean, we did learn that there was that like kind of fitness base or that base uh, in Marseille. But I have heard, I've heard French people say Marseille is terrible. I haven't been. Mm. Um, so they also it. have the world's greatest hustlers there with uh, a pool player with uh, <laughs> a toothpick constantly stuck in his face yes did you recognize the guy um gaunt gary yes. i think was the character yes jenny yes. where do you recognize him from well it <laughs> took me a while quite a while to work it out but i think i think is he that dude from friends yes mr heckles <laughs> mr heckles that was it yeah it took a Who's while mr. Heckles. trying to work it out their downstairs neighbour who's like mm. always banging on the ceiling. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Also, I did like that when Tom was explaining why there was this cool pool player. <laughs> yeah. he, was, he was saying how Santorini attracted the best uh, pool hustlers of the whatever century. And then I was like, oh, that's a little bit foreshadowing to later. But I only realised yeah. that when I watched it the second time. Oh. <laughs> Is that because, because they used ancient medical techniques later on? No, no, because they ah. get hustled. The Star Trek crew get hustled later by a certain character. Yeah, at yeah. The, in the final scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. I see where you're going at. So it's like one of the greatest <laughs> hustlers like... in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I summarised that scene quite nicely later on. Okay, good. I look forward to it. Um. So I think there's anything else to say about Sandrine's before we move to engineering on the doctor? It's a classy joint. <laughs> That's great. I'd go there. But, I'm um, scared of the proprietor. She seems kind of uh, aggressive. Terrifyingly predatory, I think, is the phrase. <laughs> yes. That's all I have to say. <laughs> That's um, all there is to see here. Then the next scene, we kind of have... Uh, Bellana just doing some testing and engineering. She obviously has some kind of light bulb moment. It takes her hmm. sample of the uh, residue to the doctor. But they have a little banter. Little... There, there is. The, the doctor's oh, very patronizing. Um, <laughs> why did you, why do you think you came up here? And she gives some scientific explanation. And he goes, and she goes up to a certain point and then he goes, you were doing so well. Yeah, he's arrogant. I got to yeah. say, I love girlfriend. I love that whole scene. I think the dog is bloody brilliant again in this. And I just yeah. in particular love the delivery of um, the line around um, her, her sort of saying, well, why don't you change your program? And his sort of comment, hmm, a hologram that can program itself. What would I do with this ability? Raise a family, create an army. <laughs> 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 so, 
<laughs> it's just a brilliant comeback. It's so good. Um, uh, but also when he was like, when he finds out they were in a nebula, he's like, what? We're in a nebula? Oh, and he's like, wait, don't tell me. We're exploring or something. Or investigating. <laughs> we're exploring again. I've talked to them about this bad habit of theirs. But it did make me think about my kind of fear of flying and being like, I wish I could just uh-huh. like get on the plane, fall asleep, and then just wake up. You know, be like, oh, we were flying? <laughs> we were like, on the ground already. Man, that would be awesome. That'd be so good. Yeah. Um, so despite being super arrogant, he does find something interesting, but we don't find out just yet. No. We zoom to another interesting moment of Chakote and El Capitan. Yes. So he's brought her his medicine bag uh, for their date. Yeah, <laughs> to help her find her animal guide. And the and skipper is taken aback. She goes, now? Now. No, but before that, he tells her how he's never shown it to anyone before. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I'm reading too much into it. But No, I don't think you are. But also, again... <laughs> your head's up with reading too much into it. Maybe we should what? go from HR-specific focus to a total innuendo-focus for the next few episodes. Um, oh yeah, I haven't come to any of my Jamie notes yet. But again, I think it's... Um, the scene is... Okay, yes, there's obviously, I would agree, there's a bit of a... Just to finish my thought, um, mm. I think it's also when he, where she's like, okay, and then he moves to the floor, and she assumes they're gonna do it like at the, you know, her desk. Her at the desk in the uh, floor. And she's like, oh, okay, and they move to the floor, and again, it's like a very intimate thing to do. They're sitting where they would not normally sit, and they're mm. doing stuff they would not normally do on a normal mission. You oh know, yeah. So whole adjustment. Well, probably people do get it on on a normal mission. <laughs> this is um, I mean I assume no one in Star Trek has sex but that's me um, but I felt it was just like oh, the she... whole like more casual you know like moving to the floor doing this uh, kind of sharing this intimate ceremony was um, yeah just another bit about this whole adapting to this mm. Mm. that's how I yeah. but um, then she has her do you want to explain either one of you what happens with their the animal guide ceremony well Jen? Uh, well, I think I can remember enough about this one. Oh, yeah, I'll have a go. So he's getting out, out his little sort of, uh, without sounding too condescending, trinkets <laughs> that help, birds wing, help you. A stone from a river yes. and a kuna, which I have no and, idea what it is. Well, that was the most interesting one because then, then he, uh, you're like, well, what is that? And he's like, well, they used to use um, ancient herbs, which are basically like psychedelic drugs from the rainforest, presumably. How um, dare they you? Have a new, they have a new way to do it now. So it's some kind of electronic device that it, it um, gives that same sort of, I guess, hallucinogenic effect, but electronically instead of um, biologically, which is I want one of an those. interesting concept. I guess it's a bit like holographic wine. You know, it can get you drunk, but without any of the actual physical effects. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Yeah. It was quite interesting, and so yeah. then he guides her, um, and she starts visualizing being yeah. in a, a place where she can see I, and, her animal. And I think I find the incantation that he uses actually quite beautiful in its way. We are far from the places of our ancestors, but perhaps there is some creature that will look favorably upon our quest and it lend their aid. And I, I find that really quite beautiful, actually. Mm. Yeah, I think it's nice, and uh, I think it, it comes up again at the end. So this time it's like, mm. we'll help her, I think, with her quest. Um, mm. with Jane. Yeah. 
was anyone surprised by her animal? <laughs> well, first, first, before we jump to the animal, let's describe what happens. The incantation is made. The captain enters her spirit uh, spirit quest trance and wakes in a forested cliff, I think, by a seashore. And she looks around and is told by Chakotay, whoever the first animal is you see, speak to it. That is your guide. And she looks around... And what does she see, Jenny? Uh, a little lizard. <laughs> beautiful lizard. It is a beautiful lizard, and it's quite big for a lizard, but it is very small for the sort of creature you would have thought was the captain's spirit guide. Yeah, well, I had to laugh when I saw it because I had forgotten, and then I was like, it's a salamander! <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, oh, well, definitely the salamanders then. Uh, no, 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 it's, but it's, because um, I was like, oh, great. I mean, obviously, because also when I listen to the Delta Flyers, they're like, oh, it's a salamander. It's like foreshadowing later, but I, I'm not sure that's actually the case because it's, when I looked on like Wikipedia, it's actually a gecko. Um, but I was surprised by the, uh, that the it was geckos are quite gecko. big, aren't they? I think you're thinking oh. of, um, oh, those horrible giant lizards that I have nightmares about. Komodo, anyway. Komodo dragons? Yes. Alligators? <laughs> Come on, a dragon. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, Chicote does say early on that your spirit animal is not um it's not it supposed to describe you. your personality in like some kind mm. of BuzzFeed quiz or something. Like what is no. your animal? It's it's just that is the animal that chooses to be your guide. Um yeah. but even you so, I was kind of expecting like you. some kind of, you know, strong, you know, leadership like <laughs> animal, you know, like a lion or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I, ironically, and uh, this maybe proves that Red's fears are justified, I put Komodo Dragon into YouTube and five things came up all going, how to survive a Komodo Dragon attack. Okay, so it's not an irrational fear. <laughs> no, and then 15 merciless Komodo Dragon swallowing animals, top five oh, Komodo Dragon hunting with a photo, oh, with a Komodo Dragon chasing a deer, uh, Komodo Dragon's freak Bill Burr out, Brutal hunt Komodo dragon swallows wild boar. Okay, okay. There's, yeah, I can we understand. Start doing some deep dives on these um, podcasts where we deep dive into <laughs> a random yeah, subject that comes up due to this episode. Yeah, Red, you're going to do your spirit quest, and you're going to find your spirit guide is a Komodo dragon, but a really, really gentle one who's all like, "You have irrational fears and prejudices around my species. <laughs> I will choose to speak to you to prove them wrong." You will feel no. bad every time we talk. I that is how I guide you. Sorry? I want my spirit guide to be a cat. But I, I, well, yeah, my cat Mine spirit guide is gone. What's that, Jenny? Mine would be an otter. Oh. <laughs> um, but there, she doesn't get to ask the gecko salamander lizard her question because they're interrupted by Belana. Hmm. Mm. Who's there to tell them that the um, residue is organic? So, I, what I thought was kind of interesting is that, like, um, well, just a little thing, but Jamie's like, ah, like microscopic organisms. She's like, no, small bits of a big organism. Mm. <laughs> and then you're mm. like, oh, just like changes everything. Like, yeah, yeah. It's a. But also, you find I, I out that um, done the whole uh, medicine bundle thing with um, Bolana. Yeah, and, and yeah. I think we're really approaching that interaction in the wrong thing. The key thing to me is not that they nearly killed a massive interplanetary-sized creature. 
I think the actual key thing about that is when Balana comes and it's like, what are they both doing sat on the floor together? Uh, and then it's like uh, the captain says really coyly and bashfully, Chakotay was just introducing me to my spirit uh, to my spirit animal. Um, and Chakotay goes, yeah, yeah. Um, Balana's quite remarkable in that um, Balana is the only person I've ever met who tried to kill her spirit guide animal. <laughs> makes sense though, for her character. Mm. Well, it makes sense in how they, they're portraying her. Um, so then we're mm. back to the bridge and they're trying to assess the damage to the life form. Mm. And there was that funny bit where the dog, she says something like, I mean, Jamie's probably going to be able to quote this line, but she's like, Oh, I want to know how much damage we did. And the doctor's like, Well, shot it with a torpedo. It probably is quite damaged. You ran your ship through it, fired phases in it, and fired torpedoes out of it. I'm going to say it's a probable yes. Uh, and so she mutes him. And then he's still like in the background, though. Yeah, and that just... there is so good because he's like kind of just like looking around, waiting, waiting. And then when he starts waving his arms, it was very funny. Mm. Uh, yeah. But he, he points out when he's unmuted that uh, this creature can probably regenerate uh, if mm-hmm. it's given some help. Mm. Yeah, mm. That's where he chooses the ancient earth practice of the suture. Oh, not <laughs> yes. quite yet. Not quite yet. Uh, yet. Mm. Um, so they realize that uh, they can fire a nucleonic beam. Uh, at it. That should help. Mm. Um, and then uh, we go to, back to the mess hall, and Neelix is finding out that they're heading back into the nebula. So he doesn't react that well. Yeah. No, he doesn't, does he? Uh, there's a little, there's a little bit of outrage and um, gammoning that he's going to go and uh, put the captain right. He barges into the skipper's um, office and uh, basically says, "You're not going into that again." And the uh, the, the captain basically uh, says, once he's provoked her, saying, "The nebula's a monster. You're going back into the belly of that beast." Um, and the, the captain basically says, uh, you don't get to jump off and stand on the roadside every time we hit a road bump. Now, if when we're finished, you want to leave, that's your business. But otherwise, find yourself a seat because like Jonah and the whale, you're going in. <laughs> Dismissed. I, and he I stands there and she visual... goes, Starfleet, forget out. Oh, yes. Sorry, I interrupted there. That's all right. I interrupted. Um, I had this visual image of him, you know, like a drop and roll out of a moving car. Like him trying to like <laughs> roll out a Voyager. Yeah. But yeah. actually what he wanted was just to wait in his ship and then for them to come back and fetch him when they were done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a bit cheeky. Lyrics. On the other hand, he has a... Well, I don't know, because... I, I with the crew or you're not. You know, you can't just bail when it gets dangerous and then they come fetch you where the, the dangerous... Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Anyway. Um, but yeah, that was a funny scene when she did just kick him out of her office. Um, so we're back on the bridge and they're re-entering the nebula, which seems to have like mm. quite some immunity against them because of the reaction is stronger than yeah. before. I just realized mm. that now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So because it's like its self-defense mechanism is what like uh, harms harms the ship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, an immune system. Yeah. Um, and then kind of when everything settles down again, they're deeper in the nebula um, and they figure out it seems to react to their propulsion system. So every time mm. they have to figure out how to like maybe move without mm. their 
engines. And then Chakotse has the genius idea of realizing that this creature has a circulatory system. Oh, yeah. So mm. that, well, I think Tom Paris uses the word so that to get to the wound. I, I have a, a, a science question because, of what course. What I actually? I wonder if you have the same one. Go ahead. Well, they get there and, like, all their energy sources are depleted, but the creature's circulation appears to have, I'm going to check the term, loads of the Omicron particles that are exactly the thing they were trying to mine for energy. Could they not have, you know, while they were healing the creature, mined its blood <laughs> for Omicron? Well, I think at that a... point they realized that it was that creature's nourishment system so no yeah i don't I mean, think when they were going to mine the their list sort of, they were planning uh, to mine know, it from the, a live being <laughs> i, I again, think it would have been the astrogeological effect uh equivalent of a gastric bypass i'm pretty what sure it's somewhere think? i'm pretty sure it's somewhere in the rule book that they they don't go and um, harm heart mine space whales to get so be like the phage people exactly yeah they're not good they're trying to they've they're done doing some damage to cure this creature, creature. They're trying to help it out. They're not trying to like steal its blood <laughs> <laughs> for, their, for their own coffee. <laughs> mm. um, and then at this point, I have to admit, Neelix is very irritating. Uh, he's him. quite. He's he's very good at being irritating. He's, he's <laughs> quite irritating throughout the whole episode. <laughs> he thinks yeah. it's a good time for snacks on the bridge, and he self appointed self appointed himself. I don't know if I can say that. To, yeah, crew morale well, officer, and he sort of comes in with a little platter of canapes, oh, sorry, canapes <laughs> on a tray. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I just wonder at that stage. I don't know why to break into a northern accent and go. Anyone like any canapes or something <laughs> like that? Um, and then he wants yeah. to sing. At which point, Janeway's like, "No." Yeah, I've got some morale boosting sing songs for the crew, and this is me channeling my frustration in a positive way at being in danger, as opposed to just moping about it. Also, I was like a little bit annoyed with Kez, where she was like, "Yeah, Neelix nice to cook when he's stressed." I was like, "Well." That's not an excuse for him to just walk onto the bridge. Like, I, just mean, I also have to ask, what sort of security do they have on that bridge that some random cook can just walk in in the middle of a tense there's, moment trying yeah, to heal I mean, an interplanetary creature? There's there's a real open door policy with Janeway, isn't she? I feel like if I was, yeah. uh, she's very patient. If I was in her shoes, I would have closed the door <laughs> to the to the bridge <laughs> to her ready room, especially yeah. on Neelix by this point. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest, the things he was serving looked like some sort of courgette wrap, which didn't look that appealing. Oh, you know, I thought they looked like um, those Greek, what they, dolmade? Oh, dolmade, or... yes. Yeah, actually yeah. quite tasty. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. There's a lot of gastrointestinal distress when Neelix is cooking is concerned. Well, that's, that's what true. they said right in the beginning when they said there's an ancient Chinese saying, may you live in interesting times. Interesting times. And they were like, it's interesting to eat Lelix's food, basically. <laughs> um, but, uh, oh yeah, so they begin to fire the beam at the mm. wound. And this is a mm. point where it's not working as expected. And the doctor's like, put me back on screen. Like, uh, well, not like that at all, but he's, you know... And then he has the idea mm -hmm. to use the starship, uh, to use Voyager, sorry, as a suture. <laughs> so they move into position, and it works. And they fire <laughs> the beams, and the hole starts to repair. Hmm. Um, oh, but they do need that little diversion, because then they have that whole little chat about dogs and how if you clean a dog's wound, mm. you know, distract her. Um, 
And I, I, my only comment here was that I would say, and that's also what they said on the Delta Flyers, good shaking. Because I think the ship was shaking at that point. Wasn't there? Hmm. Um, I, did, I noticed that as well, actually, that it was... I wondered if they'd had those shaking training lessons yes, at that stage. Those lessons were paying <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, they, they looked far more realistic as the inertial dampeners uh, shorted out and they were being thrown around the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. So they looked mm. quite convincing to me. Mm. Um, and then we have a little bit of the captain's log where we find out that they've, after all that, lost 20% of their energy reserves. So that have, was... Having healed the creature by bridging the wound with the ship. Yes, but having wounded the creature, <laughs> the creature and then lost yeah, and just it, it felt as though we'd skipped over the bit where we told our intrepid listeners how they actually managed to heal the creatures. Because originally the nucleonic radiation beam that um, Balana came up with. I just started dinging. I am having weird memory blanks. Yeah. I'm so sorry. You mean that using the Voyager as a suture? Yes. I did say that, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I have... Fading consciousness span. Ignore me. It's the ADHD. No, I'm so sorry. So yes, it did work. It all worked out, and they managed to um, mm. uh, navigate out of the the nebula. Mm. Um, and then we see Harry and Janeway in the in a turbo lift, I think, um, yeah. having a little conversation. So I I put here as my summary of what happens next is Kim drags Janeway to a French brothel which is probably a little bit harsh. Um, but he takes her, doesn't he, to uh, Tom Paris's uh, Chez Centrine uh, hologram, um, where then, yeah, the foreshadowing that happened earlier foreshadows. Oh, yes, it happens. It um, manifests. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, yeah, they take January to Sandrine's and she's all acting where she sees a pool table. Coy and a gigolo comes oh. onto her. Uh, is this pool pass... or billiards? Or what does she <laughs> yeah, say? Yeah. And she says, says, pass the stick. You pass the stick. It's a cue. <laughs> <laughs> a cue. Oh, really? Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> she does... yeah, go ahead, Jamie. Well, no, I, I, I was just going to say she, she exchanges banter with the gigolo who falls in love with her. Paris separates them. And the gigolo, sort of, when he's you know not able to be heard, turns to Paris and breathes into his ear. She's beautiful. Does she have money? <laughs> um, so awkward. Oh yeah, and then when that the Gaunt Gary is hitting on Balana, and he says something like, "His life philosophy is treat a tramp like a lady and a lady like a tramp." Always uh, works, apparently. And Balana's like. <laughs> Paris, did you program this guy? <laughs> uh, yeah. You're a pig. And he's a he's pig. pig and so are you. Oh, she's so good. Uh, yes. And then they get hustled by Janeway, who like sinks three solids or four solids on her break. She's like, yeah. solids? And then, and then Kim gets... Uh, I don't think you could quite say molested, but certainly accosted by Sandrine. Uh, and I put Janeway hustles, Kim gets corrupted by aging French lady of negotiable affection. <laughs> yes, and then there is a Chakotay right at the end where he's saying that incantation again, but for the crew. He's mm, like, yes. A, kind of, I call it praying. I'm not sure that's the right word, but you know, like Invoking. hoping they find the, the right animal guide for them on their journey, which was mm. nice. Do we ever mm. find out what the crew's animal guide is? I don't think we ever talk about animal guides ever again. <laughs> but that I could makes be me wrong. really sad. 
No, I could be wrong. No, I think I'm sure she, I can't remember. Obviously, I, I don't know off heart by hand, but maybe he goes, he has a couple of spiritual journeys, I think. Like, there's mm. a planet, mm. his dad, stuff like that. Interesting. Okay. Duly noted. I, I really like this episode. To me, it feels more like a proper Star Trek exploration and mission rather than sort of random stuff sort of scenario and and it also feels a bit more like they're a scientific mission of you know exploring and something's gone wrong we put it right we're not being sort of attacked by random organ stealers or <laughs> things that throw us across the galaxy they're, they're taking control mm, good i'm glad you enjoyed it hmm. jenny what did you think overall yeah i don't know it's, it's not i think i preferred some of the earlier ones actually for me just because um mm. I, I really enjoyed all the sort of the crew, the whole theme around how we're going to interact with each other. It's, there's, we can't keep in place this strict job-like hierarchy when mm. we're going to be living together and, you know, we need some kind of like human warmth. <laughs> Poor Janeway doesn't have any other captains that she can oh, yes. you know, speak to on that level playing field. So she's going to have mm. to like, you know, interact a bit more. Like, I, lo- I love all that element. They're all just trying to like work their way through what to do in this situation. But, um, I mean, I think probably just because there's so much of Neelix being Neelix in it, I just like I kind of I kind of just tune out a bit when he comes on with all this mm. all this <laughs> stuff. Um, but uh, I think you know he's got that comedy value for me. I like the Doctor is his comic timing is just so brilliant that that's he, he's mm. my like main um, sort of comedy value. But um, mm. I kind of see how Neelix would be entertaining to a lot of people as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think, as I said, he does, he's like a complete opposite personality to me anyway, but, and it's, it's mm. the kind of personality that can't drive me mad, but um, it is also very endearing because he, at the end of the day, he kind of, um, well, we'll see. He just really cares about people, I think. Mm. Oh, yeah. But, um, but he is, not... I would struggle. Yes, in the early days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I have... Um, a lot of sympathy for, for like two Vulcan people. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I definitely, as we know, relate far more to two. Being ruining my life. Yeah, I like the whole concept of the the nebula being an alive animal. Yes. So, and then you know they've got to find a way to heal it, and the whole sort of you know they're going to ride its circulatory system out, and all these little sort of ideas. I quite like. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is, it's almost, um, well, I guess sometimes when you're taking notes or like watching it in a certain way, um, it's hard to maintain the big picture. But yeah, that is pretty cool. I mean, how mm. ginormous is that creature? It's just mm. floating along in space. And does that mm. exist and we just don't know? Yeah, well, that exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, I, is, you know, it's a big, wide open. <laughs> universe out there um i wonder if anything like that can exist yeah any other final thoughts on the episode no it's it's left me thoughtful and a bit i don't know wistful for childhood watching a star trek and not really understanding what it was about but generally feeling a little bit all is well with the universe at the end oh yes i I have a question you haven't chosen your what's, what did we call it um not man of the match was oh yes 
star of the Star Trek. What did we call it? Officer of the episode. Star player. Star player. Star player. Star player. Star player. Star player of the match. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to make that note because I forgot about that. Star player. Who was my star player? Hmm. I, mean, I think we uh, we need to go for an understated maestro who you don't see a lot of, but everything functions more because uh, he or she is there. So who's your nomination? The gecko. <laughs> it's quite clear that the moment she's introduced to the gecko, Janeway's mental equilibrium settles and she's able to make empowered, rationally driven command decisions. Did I keep a straight face? You did. I was trying to assess what that meant. Um, <laughs> Jenny, do you have a star player? Well, I'm a bit concerned that mine's just going to keep being the same person because <laughs> I would actually give the doctor the star player again, just for me, because oh, yeah. he was only in it small amounts, but the bits he was in it was just brilliant. Like They made the episode for me. <laughs> it was funny. But I think for me it was... Chakotay, well, because he he had that what I thought was quite genius revelation of the um, the circulatory system, mm. um, and he also fired that photon that saved them. Um, and the, the doctor did work out how to save the creature. Yeah, it's my Le- star player, not Jenny's star player. I know. I feel. <laughs> I feel. And I like. I like. I like the my, my offering up to now has been the correct star player, and no one has endorsed it. So I, I have think to it's be the good power thing If we have different star players, yeah, yeah. That's, like it. that's an aim. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry, I thought we could just pick our own. Uh, and uh, I enjoyed the animal guide thing, the kind of guided meditation. I felt quite relaxed when I was watching that. I was like, oh, I'm going to close my eyes and imagine myself in like my favorite place. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. You would be my star player. Makes sense. So, okay. We have Jokose, we have the Doctor, and we have the Gecko. One day we'll no, agree on these. And no, no, we don't, no, we don't need to agree. That's the, that's the whole point. We've got a you know, bit of diversity. And I'm actually surprised that no one's chosen Janeway yet. Well, we only started last week, right? She's, fi- she's finding her way. She's finding her way, yeah. Well, I feel like there will be a lot later on that I will choose her as a star player, but currently it's Doctor Fee. She's an empowering leader. She empowers her people to perform. She doesn't perform herself. Um, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of Janeways, so <laughs> I'm not worried. Uh, okay, well, I'm going to hit stop because uh, I think hmm. we, we're done there.